Lavalore. Welcome back to another episode of The Magic Within. And as always, we are your podcast resource for all things Elena Vavalor. And we are so excited because tonight we are coming to you live from our Elena Vavalor Discord server. And we have a super special episode with an extra special guest. And we'd like to welcome the one and only Craig Gerber. Thank you so much Yay! for being with us tonight. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's actually a big thrill to be on the podcast. Yay! Yay. <laughs> ah, and like I said, we are so glad you're joining us. And you um, might have noticed that we're kind of, sort of fans of Elena. And <laughs> we have someone has to be <laughs> right. It's a hard job, but you know, someone has to do it right. <laughs> exactly. But so um, thank you for being the fans. Ah. You know, it really means a lot to all of us on the crew. Good. Uh, that there yeah. are people that are actually paying attention to all the things that we do. Oh gosh, more show. than you know. <laughs> I know with the microscope. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Um, but you know, we've really enjoyed following you and the rest of the crew on Twitter and Instagram, and um, it's just you know, it's a real privilege to have a show creator who's so willing to you know interact with us, the fans. So, um, in addition to being here tonight, just you know, thank you so much for everything you've done for the fandom over the years, and we're thrilled that you're here tonight. <laughs> you're welcome. You're yeah. very welcome. And of course, joining me tonight is the rest of the squad from all around the world, your podcast princesses. First, we have Lady C. Hi, everyone. It's Chrissy from New Zealand. Lady J. Hi, it's Jenny from California. Lady A. Hi, it's Amelia from Oregon. Lady G. Hello, it's Georgia from Greece. And last but not least, there's me, Lady B, and I am here from Germany. So we have a really great interview planned tonight with Craig Gerber, or um, as we podcast princesses, affectionately refer to him too as boss man <laughs> so let's get started with a few warm-up questions you know just to break the ice a little so craig we know um just from other interviews and things that we've seen that you are originally from new york city and i just have to say that i'm dying to know where do you go to get the best pizza yeah so i moved away from new york city when i was two ah! Uh, and then I, li I was there for, I lived there for a couple of months during a really uh, rough winter in the 90s. <laughs> so like, there's, there's no way that any place I went to is probably still around. I would not have the faintest clue uh, where the pizza is now in, in 2019. Oh my Even my favorite bagel shop is closed. Oh my gosh. So sad. So, that is yeah. sad. I have that same problem in California. You know, I had my favorite bagel place and it's not there anymore when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I wish I could help you, but I wouldn't be any better than, than Googling it. Unfortunately. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> well, Google to the rescue. <laughs> I, could, I could give you pizza advice for Los Angeles. Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> That would be great, actually. Where, where's your favorite pizza place in L.A.? <laughs> well, pizza. Fantastic. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right there just in ho the Hollywood area, Ooh. and it's, it's terrific. So that would be my prime recommendation, although there are a lot of new pizza places popping up left and right all over. Right. I don't trust new pizza places, though. Like, you got to have, like, that inside, like, hole-in-the-wall feel. <laughs> that insider knowledge. <laughs> 
<laughs> ah, awesome. You know, I'm horrible about pizza because the only pizza that I really know from like the LA area is Pizza Loca. So <laughs> that's where our go-to place was for all of our parties when I was young. <laughs> well. <laughs> I know. It doesn't say much, but. <laughs> Look, when I was a kid, uh, I spent most of the growing, I grew up for the most part out um, in a suburb of Los Angeles called Wessex Village. Uh, and, um, you know, the pizza place was Shakey's. I mean, it's, it's nothing oh, special. I remember oh my that. This so, is amazing. The, the world's a lot, a lot happier now. A lot, of, a oh lot, lot more choices. <laughs> yes. I know. Forget what I said. I completely forgot about Shakey's. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like my child. I love Shakey's. <laughs> yes. The mojo potatoes. Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to need to go there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, Craig, do you mind telling us something that, uh, not very many people know about you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, a lot of people don't know that I was actually a um, DJ at my college. I was a radio DJ my entire time what? at college. So you would think I would have had perfected my, my on-air voice by now, but it was many years ago. Um, no, but all four years of college, I was at film school in uh, University of Southern California here in Los Angeles. Um, but I really was interested and I've always been interested in music. So I actually started working at the radio station there uh, before I started um, classes because oh. I was visiting there over the summer. And they said, well, you know, we could use some people. So if you start now, I was there you know, for an orientation, uh, you'll have a show in the fall. And so I started driving out there and went to do a radio <laughs> show before I was even a freshman. Oh my God, wow. that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was fun. That's a, that's, that's a neat experience. I, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it was interesting because I was, you know, I was a DJ, so I would sometimes interview bands. And then you know, I was a big music fan, so I was able to use being at the radio station to, to interview musicians. But... I discovered that I'm a, not a great, or was not a great interviewer, that I really had no idea what I was doing. I was not a journalist. Um, and I mean, some of those interviews are, when I look back on them, were very embarrassing. Uh, not when they were in studio, but like when I would go out like with other press people, like a proper interview where you were supposed to show up with questions like you guys have. <laughs> was, uh, I was great. like, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel for you. What's next? Uh, <laughs> All right. So, Craig, you once mentioned on Twitter that you were listening to Game of Thrones music while writing something about Elena. And, you know, <laughs> inspiration and music really helped the creative process. So we were wondering if it was always Game of Thrones or epic fantasy music, or do you have other favorite playlists to get in that show? Uh, when, when I first started figuring out the show, um, I actually didn't listen to Game of Thrones much at all at that point. I wanted to really immerse myself in sort of the feel of uh, Latin America and Mexico. Um, I listened to a lot of music by an, a singer-songwriter named Gabby Moreno, who's from Guatemala, um, oh, but, but lives in the United States. <laughs> and yes, and so she, I, I just listened to several of her albums almost on a loop during the entire uh, initial writing process coming up with the show. And so, you know, it should come as no surprise that when the time came to find someone who, to sing the theme song for the show, um, 
I, I couldn't help but put forward her name. And there were a lot of other folks being considered, but um, I was really happy that the person who inspired me so much when I was writing the show initially agreed to actually sing the theme, theme oh, song. That's so cool. really sounds incredible. That is so cool. Yeah, it was really like meeting, uh, I mean, I had been listening to her nonstop for so long and I finally <laughs> met her. It was like meeting, you know, meeting an idol. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said yes. <laughs> you, you inspired all of this. I just listened to you. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's aside, great, really. Aside from Elena and Sophia, who are your favorite Disney characters? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know it's it sounds like, um, you know, obvious, but like when you think about all the great characters that you've, that Disney's come up with, you know, a lot of people wind up going back to the classics. It's no different with me. I mean, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Mickey Mouse. Oh, uh, you. You know, those, all the shorts that over the years have been done. So wonderful. Just a great character. But in modern uh, sort of Disney Pixar history, um, you know, I'm a really big fan of both Flynn Rider and Rapunzel. I'm a yeah. big fan of, yeah, of, of Marlin and Dory and Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo <laughs> was really the movie that made me realize that I could see myself writing animation because, you know, I was always a big fan of animation, but mm. I, I wasn't a great artist, so I never really thought I could wind up being in, in that world. Um, but when I saw Finding Nemo, uh and i i because i i i graduated from college and i was working or you know trying to be a, a live action screenwriter and i actually eventually started working in that field on that side oh. of things um and when i saw finding nemo I, I i recognized a script you know behind the movie that felt like something that uh, i could have done you know i'm like oh wow that's a script like a that a kind of like a, a traditional classic very well written hollywood script you know that's what i've been doing maybe there is a future for me in animation it was many years later before i wound up in animation <laughs> but um I, I i really do love that film and those characters and sticking with the whole character topic if you could pick a character from elena that you relate to the most personally who would it be and why yeah well i mean you know there's a lot of uh pieces of different characters that I can relate to but if I had to pick one overall that I could relate to the most it's probably Mateo yes uh, <laughs> oh that's cute I'm not sure <laughs> for better or for worse it's Mateo <laughs> I mean he's you know he's he's really trying to be the best wizard he can he um is learning he uh, geeks out over things that he things that uh, what he does, you know, when he sees it out in the world and, um, yeah. And, you know, he, I can, I can definitely relate to sort of Mateo in terms of someone trying to be good at what they do, being a huge fan of people who do what they do better than they do. Mm -hmm. And also sort of being that friend of, uh, a woman who is constantly trying to get her attention, um, but isn't always getting it the way he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I can very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> so many I levels. Like, <laughs> I feel like we can all relate to Mateo on one level or another. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a fan. Yeah, I, I, can I see think that. he's gathered that we're all kind of. 
<laughs> well, they did, and I don't know if they, uh, someone's probably told you this, but, but you know, um, or I've tweeted it, I don't know, but, but as a as sort of as a fun thing, the marketing department, when we first launched the show, made a bunch of t-shirts, and some said ready to rule, and then others said Team Mateo, and others said oh. Team Gabe. <laughs> so we, Seriously? Yeah, no, they really did it. But we didn't really, we haven't really advertised it because the show's not about, you know, which guy Lane is going to choose. Uh, <laughs> right. But those shirts exist. <laughs> Can you hit me with the link? <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're like a cafe press store. Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding oh my goodness okay <laughs> okay so moving on um even though i would love to stay on mateo all day long but <laughs> so we've listened to your interviews from other sources and we love the story about how you got started both as a screenwriter and with disney and um you know, we thought since these topics have been previously covered in quite a few interviews, we wanted to focus more on the creative process, specifically as it relates to our favorite princess. So, um, here as a group, as a squad, we are, um, you know, just as fascinated with the process from brainstorming the ideas to finishing an episode, casting, writing, and all of that stuff in between, like anything, um, like we're just like, whoa. So can you tell us a bit about the creative process when it comes to crafting these brilliant stories and presenting a finished product? Well, that's a, that's a big question, know. you know, because it's, it's like everything. Right. I know. Uh, um, and, you know, it, 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 it's, and there's a lot of folks working on it uh, at, at all different points. Um, you know, the, so, you know, it, it starts, you know, with, it starts with the writers kind of figuring out, you know, what stories we want to do. We, we would break it down season by season. At the beginning of the, sh the, the series, we had an idea of where the whole series was going to go, um, generally. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, we adjusted that a, a little bit um, for various reasons. Uh, the main one being that we thought that there was going to be a big sort of villain that spanned the whole show. And then we realized that that would get pretty old after a little while. And so we changed course on that part of it. But we did have Elena taking a journey and a surprising amount of stuff that we came up with right at the beginning uh, did stick around. Um, but, we, you know, so we had like that kind of structure. But then each season we'd have to figure out, you know, okay, well, what uh, do we want? What do we absolutely need to have Elena do? Um, and, and happen to the other characters to sort of to kind of grow their character arcs and and build towards our ending. And then in addition to that, because we're not completely serialized because, you know, Disney wants a lot of um, episodic shows. I mean, they want every show to be episodic. They want every show to have a definite ending. Mm -hmm. um, and every show does, but we become increasingly more serialized. That said, like about half the shows still have to be standalone shows. Then it was like we would get with the writers and we'd brainstorm um, uh, not just the beginning of the season, but throughout the season, you know, at different points, what would be f a fun path to take these characters? Which character have we not focused on yet? You know, there was a point where we're like, oh, we should do a show about Armando. So we did. <laughs> and, um, you know, and after a while we thought, hey, let's do another one. And that's going to be coming up in the next season. So mm -hmm. it's the writers are sort of brainstorming. Uh, things get pitched to me if I don't originate it, you know, I, 
everyone is able to come up with ideas. And then, um, you know, we start interfacing with the network and get their input. And, you know, there are a bunch of ideas and the network approves many of them. We actually have had a good track record on, on Elena. Um, it's not always the case. But like, that's just the beginning. There's so much more and people weigh in at every point. You know, it's like we have a, our art director, uh, Frank Montagna, who, you know, has this great group of designers who design the, the worlds we come up with and the sets we come up with. And, you know, we have our directors and our board artists. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a long involved sort of process it takes 18 months yeah. from beginning to end for each episode mm -hmm. so the only way we get them all done is that we we start a new one every other week oh basically <laughs> and and are making many at the same time so that's that's really kind of the crazy thing that people don't realize is that uh, when we're in the thick of it we i have like 12 shows that are somewhere in the scripting phase mm. and you know upwards of like 20 or more that are in some state of production wow you know so you know there was a point i think at which we were probably working on season one two and three at the same time oh, um, wow very small <laughs> point but yeah. there may have been it may have been like the beginning of thinking about three while we were wrapping up one it's it's so as a result it all becomes like a big like you just go in some days and you could touch as many as 10 different projects or 10 different episodes over the course of a day. Um, oh, wow. And, and, it's a, and it's a lot to keep track of sometimes. Yeah. So it's a controlled chaos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it sounds like my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it's not boring, which is no. nice. Um, I think where it gets tricky is that, you know, there are, not, there are a lot of episodes and there's just a few of us that are sort of touching every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to keep track of. Um, right. And that's when, you know, you wish that you had the kind of budget to have people do, you know, script continuity and just sit in there. And their only job is to make sure everything's tracking. We wind up having to do that ourselves. There's a lot of things that we wind up doing ourselves <laughs> um, because, you know, it's, 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 uh, even though it's Disney, it's television and it's on a budget. And so, uh, a lot of people wind up doing more than one job, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's a fun job. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice. And the great thing is, is everyone on the crew really loves what we're doing. They love Elena. They love what she means in the world as you know, being the, this strong Latina mm -hmm. heroine. And so everyone is always trying every day to like give it their all creatively. So the fun thing about it is, as it goes through all these different phases, everyone is trying to plus it all along the way. And we never stop doing that uh, right up until they tell us we can't tweak it anymore. <laughs> wow. wow. I hope so, that answered your question. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it completely segued right into mine, too, because I was going to ask, we heard on your interview with the Disney Coast to Coast a while ago that one of your earlier Disney projects was writing a continuity book for the Disney fairies, which is really yeah. cool. And we were wondering if you personally had a similar notebook for Elena to keep track of everything that's happened. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really helpful, wouldn't it? We've, we've, uh, that would have been great if we could afford to hire someone to do that. 
um, you know, the, uh, yeah, shockingly, we don't we don't have that. It's it's you know the initial sort of overview I wrote for the show that's become a de, de facto show bible. Mm -hmm. But I don't know when I don't. I think we stopped updating it after a little while because everyone was just so darn busy. Yeah. So um, there really isn't. <laughs> There's a better show Bible for my for my previous show, Sophia the First, than there is for Elena. It's just been so busy that no one ever had the time to really stop and just sort of organize it all. I know some people in the fandom that might do it on a volunteer basis. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> people exactly. that have already done it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> We, uh, we have key things, you know, like family, mm -hmm. trees, and things like that. I heard about um, the map. There's a map. The map is pretty Ooh. cool. Someone asked me wow. on Twitter the other day whether I, we'd be putting out the map. And the, I haven't responded yet because, you know, the, the short answer is no. But the long answer is, I don't know, maybe if I'm bored one day. <laughs> I mean, <you> know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. There's a certain point at which I probably won't get in trouble for it. But it's a pretty cool map. <laughs> yeah. We would love to see it someday. So, you know, like Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Just that in mind. <laughs> Sorry, I am nothing if not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Feliz Navidad. Here's a, yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> You know, yeah. Just kidding. Well, we did. We mapped the entire Everrealm, um, both the side that uh, Elaine Avalor is on, and and the other side where where Sophia is from. And uh, we put a bunch of extra things in there of different kingdoms from for different Disney princesses. And you know, I mean, I think part of the reason why I'm reluctant maybe to release it is because you know, I I didn't really clear mapping Corona or Arendelle with anyone. I just sort of did it. That makes so sense. Yeah. They might, there are people in the company that might not agree. <laughs> like, this is not <laughs> completely understandable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jenny. All right. So um, Elena Babbler is unique in the way that uh, it has that more serialized story. Um, did you know from the beginning that you wanted to proceed with the serial arc or was that something that you kind of received a green light on a bit later or how did that come to, you know? We to were um, actually asked if we wanted to do uh, a more serialized story in the very beginning. Um, and uh, I was already starting to do a little bit of one in, in Sophia, but not a big one. And uh, I was thrilled. I was immediately, I said yes before they even finished asking the question. So, you know, early, early on, before, I mean, before any scripts were written, we had a, um, a giant multi-season arc uh, of where we, she should go. So, yeah, that was always built in. Um, you know, I think later on, the network may have regretted asking us to do that from their point of view. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's something that um, keeps people... I mean, I love it. I love serialized storytelling. That's what, you know, Netflix is, is thriving on right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it, it, with Disney Channel, you know, they're gen and, and Nickelodeon and some of the, more, the linear networks, you know, they're just more used to this episodic mm -hmm. animated 
uh, storytelling most of what they do. So it was a very unique opportunity to get to do the serialized story, you know, and we weren't the only ones and Entangled was doing it too. Um, But it's a rarity. And uh, so it, it, but it was, it was baked in from the beginning. We were thrilled to do it. We um, had the extra challenge of making each episode feel like it had an ending, even though sometimes it it would be serialized uh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, most serialized shows don't have to worry about making each episode have sort of an ending and each episode have its own theme. But the, you know, Disney wanted to make sure that kids that didn't want to invest in the whole serialized story would enjoy each episode as is. Um, and, you know, we, we tried to thread the needle between having those self-contained shows and having this larger story. Um, it would be a huge challenge. It's a challenge for sure. And, and a lot of times what, we wind up kind of interspersing them, right? So we, you know, someone just asked me the other day about season three, they're like, okay, so this is part of this sort of story thread. When does it pick up again? And I thought about it, I'm like, oh, I guess not for another four episodes, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's, it, it was the balance that worked for uh, the network. And, you know, as, as long as we got to tell a story about this princess learning how to, you know, er, er, earning the right to be queen, I was happy to do it. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So, like, yeah, like, we love the serialized story. Like, we loved season one. It was great. But then when the serialized story, like, rolled in, we were just like, okay, now you really, really have our attention. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't, I'm surprised that they don't want more serialized stories on the air because it's, it's like, you you want p- people to tune in. Mm-hmm. What better way to do it? And yeah. you know, it's it's fun to watch characters change and grow and, and all that. Season one was meant to be an introduction of all the characters, so you could see their starting point mm-hmm. where they were all beginning. Yes, and that was always the intention. Um, the the show Lost did a really good job of that as well. Mm-hmm. Sort of getting um. to know all the characters, kind of learning the main characters' backstories. And then kind of launching off from there. And so we were trying to do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, season two, we really stepped up to serialization. Yeah. Um, I think season three is probably, I mean, it's, it's probably half serialized. I, can't, I haven't counted, but that's probably what it winds up being. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I know we're really, really looking forward to it. I mean, and you mentioned this in a previous interview that, you know, it's these these things like this that keep the parents in, involved too, and just really, you know, it makes it so much interest more interesting than most preschool younger children's animation. Like I never cared before. <laughs> but yeah, then Elena I mean, came on. It was meant to be for people. <laughs> it was meant to to bridge from preschool to the older kids mm-hmm. and adults, and you know whoever wanted to watch. That was the goal yeah. of the show initially, which was to create this. Uh, sort of what I would call the in-between, you know, mm-hmm. so it would appeal to a greater group of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and yeah, and that helps. And, you know, now that I think about it, it's so funny, they asked me the other day, um, you know, we were going through the list of season three episodes and, you know, the, the programming folks want to know which ones can be aired out of order. <laughs> and because even though not every episode is talking about the A story. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the serialized part is in the B story. So it, they only like three of them could be shown out of order. It was a really small number. <laughs> like, yeah, like oh, well, this has to be here because of this, and this has to be there because of that. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. And, and 
even the, the episodes that aren't strongly serialized, there's a thread in them that mm -hmm. carries, uh, often carries store the story from the previous episode to the next one. So, uh, but it's been great. I mean, uh, and that's why I'm just really, you know, I've always intended to create shows that parents are just as excited to watch as their kids. And, and so this was sort of the evolution of that idea. Yeah, it's actually really funny, Craig, that you mentioned it. Because <laughs> one we have been dying to know is that we've obviously known between Disney and Disney Junior more than once over the last few years. And it feels like Disney doesn't know what quite to do with her. Um, is this true? And can you comment on why that might be? Yeah, the, um, you know... Initially, the show was meant to be both on Disney Channel and Disney Junior. It was produced by Disney Junior, but they recognized that they could reach and should reach an older audience. But what happens uh, with television is is that they, you know, for various reasons, they like to carve up the groups of kids into demographics. So there's the preschool group, which is you know, which overall is supposed to be from two to eight, but is really two to five. And then there's the six to 11 kids. And then there's nine to 14. I know that overlaps, but that's how they do it. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that they initially had us geared towards both. And we we're actually doing pretty well, really well. And, um, but the thing is, is that when they they like what they want to narrow in on just those groups and so what happens is is you can't really be in between they want to lump you in one and just go after <laughs> that group and so when they looked at elena they're like okay well the majority of the audience is from the two to five group <laughs> uh, like 70 percent, and then the rest are from you know are older now 30 percent is a significant percentage yeah but at a certain point, they're like, well, we have, they wanted to choose and they chose the two to five because that's where the bigger number was. Um, and so that, that governed their programming decisions. Now, the unfortunate part of that is that when you, uh, when you put something on Disney Channel, you'll get the um, older kids and you'll get the younger kids. Um, you know, whoever's going to watch is going to watch it. If you put something on Disney Junior, you'll get the younger kids, but the older kids that were watching it might not tune in because they'll think, well, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. That's for the little kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it don't, that, don't, that viewership only goes one way. And so that uh, Elena fell victim to some degree to a little bit of that sort of, I call it narrow casting. Mm -hmm. where like, we're going to, they wanted to go right after the two to five year olds. <laughs> and so they wound up sort of shedding a lot of older kid viewers at the same time the show isn't just for two to five year olds, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of for the upper age bracket of that group. You know, it really is for the five, six, seven year olds. Mm -hmm. I mean, two to four year olds can enjoy it for sure, but the mm -hmm. older children will get more out of it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> 20 year olds. <laughs> yeah. that too. I mean, look, it, it, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the other, the other unfortunate part of that is we make a show that, that adults could enjoy if they even thought to watch it. And so, you yeah. know, if it was on the channel, it would find that older audience like Gravity Falls has found. But if it's just going to be on Disney Junior, it's harder for the show to find that audience, you know, because um, mm -hmm. they're not usually just kind of, you know, browsing the preschool channel. Um, so, you know, basically, I think they've tried, you know, the, the moral of the story is don't make a show that's in between. <laughs> 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 you know, basically, it's like, 
you know, you got to choose. You got to choose which one you're going to be because they are going to choose. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I don't regret it, though. I don't regret it. I think we've made a wonderful show, um, and the fans that, that do watch it love it a lot and really want to know what's going on. And, you know, we've gotten some great recognition in terms of sort of awards and accolades. And so, you know, uh, I'm proud of it. So I, I would still do it the same way, but mm -hmm. it is tricky when you're sort of in between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Craig, so you touched on this before, but we know you have a lot of the overall story planned from the very beginning. Have you always known how you wanted the main art to end, or has that sort of shifted around a bit before the story writing process? There are aspects of the ending that probably existed at the very beginning, but, and there and there are, but there are things that have changed. I would say that there's there's like a a major plot twist coming up in season three that has been planned oh, for almost the entire series, probably the entire series. Our hearts. <laughs> um, and it's big. I'm not going to lie. It's a big thing. It's a big change to the uh, to the status quo, oh. and um, that has repercussions for for the rest of the um, the series. Uh, I think that thematic, the, 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 the sort of overall sort of mile high view of what's going on was planned. The actual things that happened in the finale, um, some things came, some things were there at the beginning, a lot of things weren't. Um, but it's the, it's the evolution of where she grew, came from. You know, you, you have an idea of where the character's gonna go, where the story's gonna go. And then, and you know, I know what Elena's big flaws are and what she needs to overcome. And then as you get into the show and you have these things happen and you play out these sort of twists, you're like, oh, this is what, this is what, what she needs to learn after this. And so um, I guess the, the, the short answer is a little bit is, is and, and a lot is, a lot is new. Oh, that makes wow. sense. Like we figured that Yes, she's probably going to become queen. That was figured. <laughs> but everything that goes into making that happen, <laughs> it's free game. Well, you know, there's, there's this idea that she has to pass this test in order mm -hmm. to become queen. Yeah. And the, it's, the, it's the nature of what that test exactly is that has changed. Okay. Craig, you're killing us. <laughs> <laughs> We're all processing right now. Like, whoa. <laughs> Wheels turning. Well, I've got to give you your money's worth for this oh. uh, podcast. <laughs> you're going to have me on. got to provide something uh, to, to, to think about and hopefully uh, keep you all watching through the end. Oh, you, uh, oh, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we've also noticed a gradual shift in the themes of Elena from the beginning to now and speculate on future episodes. And while it's still very pure and wholesome, we see the darker, more serious themes kind of beginning to weave into the story. And so what inspired you as a storyteller to take Elena down this more complex path? Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, the, there's the expression, you know, uh, in order to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. <laughs> and so it's, it becomes gradually more difficult to sort of spin out this epic story um, without having the character undergo some troubles. That was our, that was anyway, that was the way we were looking, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's if you want 
her, if you want sort of the journey to feel satisfying at the end of it, there definitely has to be some um, road bumps. Now, the other part of it was just looking at where she came from. She's come from this place where she became a ruler before she thought she would be, where she lost her parents. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at her backstory informs some of the things she went through. Um, it's not, hasn't necessarily been our goal to make it too, to make it darker. That wasn't really the goal, just to make it more emotionally compelling. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, when you have someone like Shariki um, as the foe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that just sort of makes it skew darker because that, you know, she's not necessarily a funny villain. <laughs> she's a very straight ahead, <laughs> serious villain. Yeah. And so it's, it's, we try to surround her with funny people. I think, oh. you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we, we want to be able to blend the drama and the humor. We don't want it to be super dark or, ser or super serious. We're, we're always trying to keep it kind of entertaining and fun. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't expect it. It's not going to get any darker than it has been, but it is going to be possibly more emotional than it has been at certain points oh. or as emotional. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the fun part of it is, yeah. is getting these characters, developing these characters um, that we really care about and then, you know, mm -hmm. uh, making them struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what kind of story would it be if there was no conflict? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, and that's, and, and you, you hit it on the head. That's what we often had to say to the network. You know, there will be episodes, you know, where, you know, Isabel is taking care of baby Jacqueline's. I mean, that's episodes mm -hmm. like that, lighter episodes. But then, yeah, I mean, if you want it to feel uh, rewarding and emotional, then it, there does need to be conflict. Absolutely, and that's that really makes the show interesting. That shift between comedy and drama, and how they blend so well. And I think the themes that uh, that have been included, like the grief, uh, responsibility, and uh, self doubt, for example, are really um, you know really highlight the more mature side of the story. Uh, so <laughs> we've all been so very worried to see about listening to Game of Thrones music. You mentioned that uh, when asked, you actually mentioned I'm uh, uh, compared to King Raul and um, Queen Lucia's death. Uh, if you were going to kill off a character, it would make a bigger impact. It would be more emotional. And so we've all been worried. Uh, so please tell us, are you planning on killing off a character? <laughs> Oh, we wanted to. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the we've we've loved and you were talking about these sort of serious themes and we've loved doing these shows not not because partially because, you know, even little kids have to experience experience some of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, experience grief. I've loved doing the Dia dos Muertos episodes because, you know, kids lose grandparents or sometimes parents and you know, you, shows don't usually talk about that stuff. And, and so that's been a thrill to be able to do that because I think it's helpful. You know, all these little life lessons that we have in the show, you know, some are very simple and, and, every, and, and some 
are a little rarer. And so that's been kind of nice um, because people can relate. You know, there are people who have experiences who will see the show and relate to that. Um, in terms of death, uh, there was a point at which, you know, even my the big boss was like, yeah, you should kill somebody. But I think she later regretted saying that. And so, you know, I'm not making any promises either way, but, you know, we, we are a Disney Junior show. <laughs> so if you do it, it'll be tasteful. Right, exactly. exactly. Well, you know, if we do yeah, it, we'll see them that. immediately in the spirit world and you'll be like, oh, they're fine. <laughs> oh. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Though I can say I'm not worried, but yeah. <laughs> okay, on a on a slightly brighter note, <laughs> one of my absolute favorite things about Elena and her story is the deep and meaningful relationship she has with her friends and family. No two relationships are exactly the same. And I have to say, this is something I've not seen often in animated shows, which I have to eight-year-olds, so I've watched a lot of them over the years. <laughs> mm. So from our perspective, it absolutely seems intentional. Can you tell us a bit about what goes into choosing and crafting and cultivating these relationship dynamics? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. I didn't realize it was a, a rare thing, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that we uh, we do it. <laughs> um, the yeah, the you know it, it goes back to the characters and and creating um, very specific characters who have very in, unique backgrounds and and arcs, and it's just been one of those fun things that if you have sort of well drawn characters and you have talented writers like I've been lucky to have you know we've had on the show, um, you create these fun dynamics and and a lot and some of the dynamics were there in the first episode you know from the very beginning, like where, you know, what, what do all these characters mean to Elena? That mm -hmm. was very well defined immediately, yeah. right? What is, what is Gabe yes. to Elena? What is Mateo to Elena? What is Naomi to Elena? But then you get to play with what are these characters to each other? Mm -hmm. And that's been, it's really fun. I mean, it really goes down to, it boils down to when you're sitting in the writer's room and you're trying to come up with these stories and you're like, well, what would happen if these two people had to deal with each other what would that be like and if you have a strong writing staff you then take that as a leaping off point and you keep growing that you know that some of the fun ep the really i think some of the staff favorite episodes you know have been the ones where it's the uh the four friends you know on an adventure together oh, yeah. um because it's fun to see them bouncing off each other with their specific personalities we've also had a really good time uh growing Mateo and Gabe's relationship mm -hmm. um and you know each season we kind of look we've looked at or at least different times over the course of the show how can we take these characters on the, to the next step mm -hmm. you know because you yeah you could do like a million shows about the idea of teamwork mm -hmm. and you know we're we're catering to a very young audience so that's that's sort of something that you'll see in preschool shows or even other animated shows, you see it again and again, the importance of teamwork. But like, how can you move that theme into a more personal place, right? How can you put a spin on that theme so it's for these specific characters and it feels like a fresh story that you haven't seen a million times. So, you know, as we get into season three, um, you'll, you'll see the results of some of that thinking. 
You know, yeah. how can we have these characters grow? What happens, uh, you know, if some characters, you know, who have gotten along suddenly have a reason not to get along? Mm -hmm. It's going to be cool. I think you, I, I hope you guys dig it. Oh, I think so. <laughs> Now we're like, whoa, <laughs> not get a lot. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's overwhelming. <laughs> well, we really can't wait. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. Are there any inside jokes in the show that weren't necessarily part of the script or like um, any type of like, I, I, how do I explain this? Um, just little things that just get added into the end that are like total little inside jokes, you know? <laughs> well, there are, there are a couple of different things. There are ad-libs that some of the actors do that find their way into the show, um, which are great. Uh, I think, you know, King Hector had a, f had a fair amount of, of ad-libs, which, you know, <laughs> that, the actor who plays him, Jess Harnell, is a legendary voice actor. He's hilarious. And so we just let him... Uh, do his thing and and we wind up getting <laughs> really funny things so we'll have you know we'll have um you know a line like where where elena says well have you why don't you use your money to build a school and he and the line in the script is uh why would i build a school i graduated years ago you know? <laughs> and but jess added at the end of it well, as far as you know <laughs> which i thought was hilarious <laughs> because <laughs> You know, of course he didn't graduate from school. You know, like, why, why were you an idiot? You know, so it made perfect sense. And so there are those kind of things. Then the other part, things that happen are sometimes we'll, you know, we wind up watching these episodes. The supervising director, Elliot Bohr, and I watch these episodes again and again and again. I mean, many, many times. And so what happens when we're watching them, there's a certain point at which we'll start, you know, because um, we know what's going on. We know what's happening we're watching to make sure everything's working right, but we just can't help ourselves. And we'll start doing our own little version of mystery science theater in the edit bay. We'll start <laughs> making jokes about the characters. And most, most, you know, a lot of it wouldn't be, uh, would totally disrupt the episode if we actually added them. But every once in a while we, we add those jokes in. We just write them in. We're like, you know what, that's funny, let's do that. And I wish I had an example readily at, at my, at, in my mind at the moment, I don't, but that does also happen. So is it an inside joke? I don't know, it's something we say in the editing room so many times that eventually we're like, well, let's just put it in. And then we do. I would pay good money to see Perfect. that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I was racking my brain, but I, I couldn't, I can't think of an example um, of something. Probably because, you know, it's, it's become so, I just assumed it was always in the script. <laughs> it's always, it's always so there. seamless. <laughs> that's yeah. right. All right. So now we're going to transition to a set of questions that's a little bit more specific to the story, which I know we've already been talking about the story, but just a little bit more specific. Um, take it away, Chrissy. Oh, okay. So Craig, who was your favorite Elena character to create? My favorite Elena character to create would actually probably be Elena. And, and I say that because she was the toughest <laughs> to, you know like <laughs> yeah. it's it's with the supporting characters you can kind of you can sometimes at least start out with you know an uh, 
a one sentence idea, right? He's like, you know, imagine like a uh, a magical fanboy who then gets to become a wizard himself, you know, and you have <laughs> Mateo, you know, and and he geeks out all the time and all that kind of stuff. But but Elena, it's very hard to make main characters because you know they need to be. Well, most of the time they need to be charismatic for like any a general audience, mm -hmm. but for a younger audience or an audience when you're you're kind of going for a preschool audience when where parents are going to decide whether or not they watch it, they have to be likable. Mm -hmm. But if your if your character is perfect, you know because they're so likable, um, then it's hard for them to grow. So it's really it was really a challenge to kind of create Elena to be likable but still have some some real flaws, um, and also give her a sort of a personality where people could relate to her. You know, I think one of the, my favorite things that we did with Elena is a very small thing. Um, but we, you know, she tells horrible jokes. And I think that's, I, that was like, I was like, Oh my God, that's great. Everyone can relate to that. I can, you know, but I'm not going to have, get so well. like, we're getting, you know, parents are writing letters because their kids are upset because Elena can't tell a joke. You know, so that's it's stuff like that, though. But that 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 was, you know, for me, it's like that character was so hard and um, has turned out very, you know, very well uh, in large part to Amy Carrero's performance. But yeah, that, that she'd be my favorite of the main Do you characters. like the actual live version of Elena? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, a little more R-rated, but yeah. Um, I think, you know, and I, along those lines, my favorite supporting character, even though I, I shouldn't, you know, admit to this, but King Hector is, I mean, I had so much fun writing his dialogue. He's such a, an oh, such an ass. It's just, he is. In a way. And the thing is, oh um, is it, you know, is it, is it, it's Jenny that's here, right? Jenny lives in California. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, so King Hector is based on a combination of, of people, but those people are kind of here in Southern California. It's sort of a weird <laughs> blend of like, like rich, wealthy, didn't have to work, but they live by the beach. And so they're like a little part pompous sort of, you know, um, rich boy and then part surfer boy and then part <laughs> this guy. And then they always, and, and this guy always thinks he's the life of the party, even though he's super <laughs> offensive. And, and so it was, I mean, kudos to Jess Harnell who did the voice for that because we sat in there and I explained it to him about as poorly as I'm explaining it to you. I'm like, so this is the character. You have to find this voice is somewhere in between <laughs> rich jerk and surfer dude and uh he nailed it <laughs> That's it did. it's still it's to this day one of my favorite characters vocally <laughs> that um that we've done on either of my shows because it's so you specific <laughs> so he's gonna be back this season right i thought i heard that somewhere hector does come back actually <laughs> see he's too He's too entertaining to, to so, die. I can't wait. <laughs> but, you know, he's a jerk. So he's off so, the kill you know, list. He's going to get his. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he deserves that. The Mariposas yeah. come back. The Mariposas. They, you know, they don't, but he does reference. <laughs> I think he does <laughs> reference his collection. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Makes us one of the guy we love to hate and punch. 
<laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Same here. Same here. I love to hate and I love to hate them, want to punch them and can't stop writing them. <laughs> now that is a t-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we know you said earlier that Elena's sense of humor is kind of bad sometimes. But we also know that Elena and Mateo are both big pun fans, and we figured that they have to come from somewhere, and they're pretty great puns, if I say so myself. But <laughs> would, <laughs> would you have had anything to do with that, and do you have any favorite jokes from the show? I mean, you, you know, the, the, the puns is just an extension of, like, that she has a bad sense of humor, and Mateo shares that, and we thought that would be fun, <laughs> right? That would be like, okay, so... Like he, like, wouldn't it be funny if he actually, you know, everyone else is sitting there going, Naomi's sitting there going, oh, are you kidding? And, and he <laughs> thinks it's just as funny as Elena does. And that would be something like a point of commonality between them. Um, <laughs> the puns, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird. If you get into any writer's room, you're going to deal with at least t two folks that just love puns and just, you know, will, you know, just pun the, their way through the day. And it's, I mean, uh, Tom Rogers, who you've had on the show, is a big punster. And, and, and I don't mind a good pun, although, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily my bread and butter. I just, it got into the show because it was just like, you know, the, the quote-unquote lowest form of humor would be a natural thing for uh, Elena and Matteo to, to, to do. Um, but, well, you know, I was th you know, thinking about one of the funniest things in the show. You know, I just, I love when you just get the characters sort of bouncing off each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, you know, when you have like, for instance, you know, uh, for some reason that, that episode of uh, My Fair Naomi where, you know, Esteban is trying to teach Naomi how to do things properly and, and just can't stand the sound of her voice because it doesn't have like a proper <laughs> accent or anything. And he just like keeps going at it. And he's like, oh, it's like, there it is again. It's like nails on the chalkboard. You know, I mean, I just, I love that stuff. That stuff makes me crack up. I think Esteban just, Esteban makes me just crack up most of the time. <laughs> Christian Lance does such yes. a great job with him. Even, even like when, and we, you know, to this day, we still joke around with whenever Naomi says me, regardless of the context, someone will say her as Esteban when, uh, and I think it goes back to episode one or something when, when, you know, Elena chooses her to be on the grand council. It uh, does. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there are these, these little things like just that, that will pop up that we just never stop finding funny. One of my favorite bits is uh, lines is coming up in season three. Um, but so I can't tell you, but it's Naomi says <laughs> it and you won't get, I don't think you'll get, you'll guess it because you know, the way these things go is that no one finds it as funny as I do or we do, you know, <laughs> but, but there is a line that I constantly repeat all the time. And when you get to it, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to you and tell you what it was so you understand why. <laughs> We're going to be guessing oh, everything that Naomi says from now on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be on Twitter <laughs> like, Craig, is this the Incredible. one? <laughs> I'll let you know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so speaking of Twitter, um, thanks to um, the lovely actors and other people who share script photos occasionally, <laughs> we know that there's an upcoming three-part episode called Coronation Day. Can we assume this is going to be the series finale? I wouldn't necessarily make that assumption. Okay, not necessarily. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. No, I, I, yeah. Okay. I, that's about all I can say about oh. that. Okay. <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> or not. Whatever. <laughs> oh, we do have a couple great. we do have a couple of 
tent poles coming up in season three. Okay, because we know that the oh well, never mind. We'll get to that later. So I'll stop. <laughs> oh, yes, actually, that's that's a question we wanted to ask. We you may have noticed yourself, but we watched the fandom rise up in an uproar over the alleged cancellation quote marks of Elena Vavilor. Uh, is uh, Elena Vavilor really being cancelled, or is Elena's story simply coming to a logical conclusion with the airing of? Uh, not Coronation Day, but yeah, maybe those episodes you mentioned or, you know, the finale. <laughs> what I can say now is that uh, the current se- the season three um, has, if I hadn't said this before, I don't know if I had said this before, but our season three has been extended mm-hmm. uh, with extra episodes. I can't really comment on any potential season four right mm-hmm. now, but I will say that we are going to finish the show whenever that time comes in a way that the creative team uh, is 100% behind. Okay. okay. Sounds perfect. That sounds great. So not canceled. <laughs> and, and, and that's also because the network, you know, is, has been very supportive of us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing the show we want to do. Mm-hmm. So when I can say oh, more, I'll say more. But that's course. that's it for now. Perfect. Oh, oh, at least we can assume that the main storyline will extend. We'll come to a logical, yeah, yeah, yeah a logical conclusion. Well, yeah. cancellation Correct. just yeah. sounds that's so yeah. awful. If, if and when the series ends, it won't it won't be abrupt. Okay, wonderful. Oh, good. So don't like uh, a certain show on TV. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, phew. Oh. That makes us feel better. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Yes. And every other fan. <laughs> yes. You heard it here, folks. Uh, yeah, we're super super excited to see what other episodes are coming up on the show. But one of the segments we absolutely love to cover here on the podcast is about the legends and lore in the different Elena episodes. And so can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about how you choose which legends and lore to use and how you go about bringing these to life? Well, right at the beginning of... of the show um even you know even before we did episodes i personally did a whole bunch of research into legends and folk tales from all over central and south america and then when writers came on board um they picked up that mantle and and searched for some as well you know the goal of the show has been to create this latin american inspired fairy tale kingdom and to give sort of, uh, you know, give, give all those legends an opportunity to get in front of an audience when, you know, for years we've gotten so accustomed, grown so accustomed to European folktales, European legends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really our goal has been to do as many of them as we can. But the thing about them are is that a lot of, a lot of legends have to do with very gruesome things. And so uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. experience I know all those. <laughs> you know, so as a result, we are, you know, we have to rule out some of those right away. Um, if if there's no way to adapt them to something that would be appropriate for all ages, you know, which our show has mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we've we've done I feel like we've done um, you know, a really good job of doing legends from Chile and Brazil and Mexico and um, all over, you know, wherever we can. 
but it, it, it really boils down to what can be adapted for all ages. So as a result, we haven't been able to do like, uh, you know, we really wanted to do a show inspired by La Llorona, the, um, <laughs> that Mexican myth, but we, we, I mean, the My myth is about a woman story. who drowned her children and is trying to, it's, yeah. it's just, there's no, there's no way to get from there, here to there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been unfortunate because it's such a big, famous legend. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, we've done a lot of other ones and it's, it's always fun to figure out how we're going to, what elements we're going to take from the legend and put in the show and how it'll play out. Excellent. Okay, Craig, can you please debunk this big old mystery for us? <laughs> oh dear. As there are so <laughs> many conflicting answers that we've seen in the Elena of Avalor books. Okay. Are Luna, Migs, and Skylar related? And if so, how? <laughs> <laughs> we need to know the truth. Uh, I, I believe I believe it's in the show. Um, Luna and Skylar are cousins. Uh, oh. I told you. Yeah. yeah I saw yeah. them. I believe the, uh, I'm trying to remember what the, how the exchange goes. But, but yes, I think that, you know, I, the, the, the reality is that they are, they are related. We did that for a Trivia Tuesday once, and there were so many answers. I'm like, wait, are they cousins? Oh, my gosh. I just lied to a bunch of people, but no, it was true, so yay. <laughs> but Migs is not related to either of them. Oh, all right. Oh, wow. Good to know. He's the bestie. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's the mom friend. <laughs> he is. Okay, right. so. I get a lot of questions about lineage. <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, Fascinating. Yes. A lot of people. Like a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Family is important. They so. need this info for and it's reason. a main theme. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm going to have to try to dig up the, the Jacqueline family tree just to show someone that <laughs> Moon is not in line for the throne because she's cousins with Scott. It gets very complicated. <laughs> like, this should just be a simple story, but no, we need to know. You need to know. <laughs> We're sorry. I cannot sleep at night. Okay, I'm being a little dramatic. Jenny, I think you're up. All right. Stop me. Yes. <laughs> Becky. Okay, so I'm the shippy one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> does it, I promise this is going to be like that. I promise. Mm -hmm. Best um, introduction ever. <laughs> so... Despite it not being in the plans for Elena, for like obvious reasons, I mean, she's trying to be queen. She's trying to do all this stuff, right? Um, shipping is like a huge part of the fan base. So, I mean, I have to say, like, even though my seven-year-old is way innocent, she kind of does on the side, you know, innocently too. <laughs> like some of the comments she says. But did you personally find it easier or more difficult to maintain a non-romantic storyline? Um, I mean, it was. It's it's easy in the respect that you you know once you take love off the table it's it's you know there are many other stories to tell mm -hmm. um so that part of it is easy it's it's hard in the respect that it just would be so much fun you know and, it, <laughs> it's, so, and it's so much a part of a teenager's <laughs> life that it almost feels you know a little false to have these characters who are 17 years old and and not you know falling for each other I mean, they do have, you know, there are crushes. I mean, we've, we've kind of put that in there, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's very important to us that Elena uh, is a character who does not need a man 
or another or a, another person to define her. She has her own sort of path and journey to take that has to do with like leadership and becoming her best self. And so, you know, love would get in the way of that, especially in the context of a Disney animated show, right? You know, because it's so loaded whenever any love comes up in, a, in an animated Disney story, um, it always means something other than what it means to the story. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, so it's been actually, like I said, like, um, you know, we put, you know, we, there's stuff in there for people. If they want to ship, they can ship, you know, there are not, it's not necessarily, we're, we're not saying that there's anything that's romantic that um that's in there in a sneaky way we're just saying you you it's very clear who has a crush you know who has a crush on whom (laughs) (laughs) we know the answer to that no i'm just kidding yeah and and Um, and feel free to ship away like we're not we won't we're not going to do it officially on our end but you know i get it (laughs) of course did you ever personally want to add in a romantic moment but you know gosh darn it you can't i mean uh, you know after all these years i think it's out of me (laughs) no the answer is yes no absolutely there have been times there are times when we're like oh this would be great but of course we're not going to do that (laughs) (sighs) what i would do to be a fly in the wall oh yeah oh my god yeah we joke about yes i mean every once in a while it comes up (laughs) honestly i think it's more fun to leave it open because you know then there's all kinds of interpretations (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, but keep in mind, we also joke about how, by the way, like, it's not just, we're not just joking about love and stuff like that. Yeah. There are a million things. Oh, yeah. You know, what a dork Mateo is, mm-hmm. you know. Of course. Um, Gabe, Gabe is the big, it was one of the big running running jokes at the moment because, you know, he, he because it's Elena's show, he can't save the day. So as a result, he's just constantly failing. Of course. <laughs> Oh, and, it's, and, and you know we've given him wins along the way, but as a going concern, if he's with Elena, he's not going to be the person that 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 wins, you know, that makes the big win. And it's just funny; it's become a running gag. We, we've actually noticed that we're like, "Wow, Gabe is awesome," but he never wins. Poor guy. No, no, he just can't though, and that makes sense because Elena has to be the the victor. Yeah. Okay, so we understand that you like if that whatever you can't divulge spoilers. But is there anything you're working on now that you're particularly excited about? And can you share even the tiniest detail, even episode titles? (laughs) Anything? (laughs) We're not desperate. I mean, yes and no. (laughs) Of course. I you know I mean we're very excited about season three there's just a lot of fun stuff you know mm-hmm. um and uh i don't know there's some very impactful episodes both for the main story and just in general you know i i wish i could share more specific things you know <laughs> um but i don't want to spoil anything of course you know <laughs> i feel like that would you know i mean i think i mentioned i may have mentioned somewhere that we might visit another kingdom Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so that's oh, yeah. going to happen. And, you know, some, there might be a surprise visit from someone who's completely unexpected. Ooh. Um, wow. You know, one thing I think I can say that's not, that's not 
that's kind of personal to me that I'll mention that's sort of a, uh, a bit of a spoiler. But, you know, we've done these um, Navidad episodes. And mm-hmm. um, this year we're going to actually have a Hanukkah episode um, instead oh, of a really? Navidad episode. Oh, oh yeah. that would be neat. Oh. Yeah, I, you know... Uh, you to, teach to, us so much about those types of cultures but we don't really have, like, access to a lot of those because we're so far away from everyone. <laughs> so it's really cool to see. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, you know, there's, a, there's actually a group, uh, you know, uh, J- Jewish people in Latin America kind of go by uh, the term Ladinos. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and and there, there is, that is a, a group. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we felt like... You know, well, since we were doing Navidad a couple of times, it might be fun to be a little more in- inclusive and kind of l- explore this sort of Ladino tradition. And Elena's going to meet uh, a princess from a, you know, a, a, a fictional Latin American kingdom where that's that where the royal family is Jewish. And so it, it's kind of fun. It's kind of an interesting episode because it is, you know, one of the great the things we've been trying to do with Elena in general is be more inclusive, right? You have this sort of Latinx characters in a, you know, in roles that you haven't traditionally seen them in. And so we thought it'd be fun to be inclusive this way. Plus, uh, you know, I'm Jewish. That's my, that's my religion. And so I was excited to, although I love writing Christmas tunes mm. and I've, I've written a bunch. <laughs> it's super fun. They are Christmas fun. is awesome. <laughs> um, I thought it would be nice to, you know, display this piece of my heritage and it's going to be my um, animated directorial debut. I'm directing that episode. Oh, <gasps> oh, oh wow. yay! Yeah. That's amazing. And wow. that was really fun to do. So that's, that's something to look out, out, out for. I don't think I'm, I'm giving away any big, yeah. um, big secrets by telling you that, although that isn't public knowledge. But, yeah, you heard it from me. And, oh, um, thank you, Craig. Yay! <laughs> and then the other thing I would, I would, I would say is that you know, when the show does come out in the fall, um, there are going to be a lot of episodes that are going to air Ooh. this year. So Yay! get ready. Oh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Hey. No more long hiatus. <laughs> no, no you're, going to, you're going to have your podcast full. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. That's so wonderful. Let's promise it. I know you, if you don't, if you can't say this, I, th- this is a question that's not on there, but, um, do we know like which month ish they're expecting to start the third season? I mean, I know, but they haven't announced it, so, <laughs> so I feel can't weird say. saying it. And it's also, okay. then if they change it, which they could do, then I look like an idiot. Nah, we <laughs> know exactly bad. how that goes. <laughs> the them changing things. Uh, okay, no problem. <laughs> but I'll I'm be- hoping they announce it soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're hoping fall, they don't make us wait so- for Disney Plus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You know, I don't think this is going to Disney Plus. Oh, I think this is going to be a Disney Now and um, hmm. linear, you know, Disney Channel, yeah. Disney Junior thing. Okay, oh. but I me. have heard rumblings that they may, it may, it may actually um, some of these episodes. I think we may be back on the channel mm-hmm. in addition to Disney Junior. Yeah, we may be in both <laughs> places once more. Woohoo. Yeah. I mean, I catch it on Hulu. Like it's, it's <laughs> everything course. that I, everything that I, cause you know, I'm here in Germany and I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to see Elena without having to wait 24 hours for iTunes? 
Hulu. <laughs> well, I, I did not know that. That's yes, cool. It is. It premieres on Hulu like at midnight, just what it does on Disney now. So just in case you were wondering. <laughs> so anyway, we also we have always all get it on Disney amazing Junior. guest stars in season three, and I wish I could tell you all their names. It's uh, really super exciting. I like hope an all star we'll... guest cast. <sighs> I hope they come um, out with the um, press release like they did last year because that was so fascinating to go through and be like. That is probably what they will do. Mm -hmm. They'll probably just do them, drop them all at once. Yeah. That's kind of been their MO with other shows. Yeah. So you'll see them all on one big list. Oh my God. And it's. Uh, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. It is exciting. It's really cool. <laughs> like some really, really terrific actors, <sighs> people you've seen or heard of. It's great. Brave girls, brave. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Eep. Okay. So now we're going to move into the last section where we sort of wrap this up. Um, and first, we just have a, a few questions. We extended the offer to our Discord community, which I know you um, got a little inside look at. Um, and there's a lot of people who are just super excited. And um, there's several questions that people have been dying to know the answer to. So to start with, um, Lost Butterfly Utau, um, our friend Adriana, who is our resident Carla stan. I'm sure you've seen her on Twitter. <laughs> she would like oh, to know... She would like, yes, she just posted some cosplay, actually. Um, she would like to know exactly how old is Carla. We know she's a teenager, but we have ages for everyone but her. I believe that Carla, when she started the show, was 17 when she first appeared. Okay. Yeah. So she's right up she there with, have... like, Elaine and Mateo's age-ish. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. She may have been 16, but I think she was 17. Perfect. <laughs> there you go, Adriana. <laughs> All right. And then I have a question from our friend Cartoon Fangirl 1218. And what she wants to know is, will there be any more flashback episodes in season three? Flashback episodes. There will be episodes that have flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe, yeah, there will be at least one that has Ooh. flashbacks in it. There may only Thanks. be one. Oh, well, we'll look forward to it then. Yeah. yeah. We love those. So, yes, definitely a few more flashbacks. <laughs> Woohoo. Okay. And this one is from um, someone called Chrissy Bell 648. I don't know who she is. <laughs> 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 oh, <my God. laughs> but will we ever get to see an Elena and Mateo duet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm. I mean, just the two of them singing? <laughs> Because we've had like um, Gabe and Elena and Naomi and Elena and Easter and Elena. <laughs> I, have we never had an, an Elena Mateo before? No. There was sort of magic with a new, but Mateo didn't really sing. <laughs> yeah. She just He's serenaded him. Wow. It seems like a crime that we haven't done that. I know. Um, hey, tell <laughs> me. Follow up question. Is it too late to add one in? <laughs> There's no. They're releasing new album. I don't think they're. Uh, well, you know what? That's not true. I mean, they will sing in a song together, but it won't be a duet. Oh. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, never say never. But as of now, mm. I don't think they have just a pure duet. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. 
So, Jacqueline's guy 19 asks, Will the Jacqueline shape-shifting potion that Mateo created in the second season be used again in the future? That is a very specific question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Maybe because Mateo was fascinated with Sophia shape-shifting. I don't know. It would be fun to see more magic in general. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a very specific question. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to answer the question honestly. The honest answer is yes. But Ooh. I don't know Ooh. that it's going to be used in a way that's going to make Jacqueline's Guy 19 particularly thrilled. But the answer is yes. <laughs> oh. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then um, from Cherry, um, also on our Discord server, in Secret of Avalor, was the Royal Guard a separate army loyal to only Avalor and not Shuriki specifically? Mm, that's a good question. The, <laughs> Royal, the Royal Guard is the Royal Guard of Avalor. So it is the Avalor army. But when she was in charge of Avalor, they answered to her. So, yeah, no, they, that, but it is, it is, it wasn't like her own squad of people. I mean, she may have purged them of people who weren't loyal because she did a lot of that when she took charge. Of course. But um yeah. but yeah, it is meant to be the the primary armed force of Avalor. Okay. So Gabe is like wow. the general of the army pretty much. Well, you know, he's the captain of the guard. I mean, it he does seem to be the de facto general, but mm. but he doesn't have the rank of general. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, we have some crazy Elena-themed questions that will be coming in hot. Mr. Gerber, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. <laughs> would you rather turn into a Serena or a Jacqueline? I would rather turn to a Jacqueline. Ooh. A whole oh. flying thing. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is appealing. Yeah. Even Ooh. if I had to be a flying cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. A one versus one allable match against Luisa or Valentina? Well, Valentina, obviously, because Luisa would kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Would you rather run the Captain of the Guard qualifying course with Gabe or be Captain Tur or be on Captain Turner's crew on the Wayfarer? You know, <laughs> I think I'd rather be on Captain Turner's crew. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, I think I'd rather hoist a sail than, like, you know, swing, the swing over obstacles. <laughs> I hear ya. Okay, so this is round two of Nothing But Blaze. Mm -hmm. This is pre-Elena's scepter breaking. So who would win, Elena or Mateo? Well, I mean, I can pretty much guarantee you that, that Mateo will probably let Elena win. <laughs> <laughs> he sure oh, a gentleman what? thing to do. <laughs> And not because she couldn't beat him, but because she, he, he doesn't want her to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> He's sweet. Okay, Craig. <laughs> Last but not least. <laughs> signature question. <laughs> team Mateo or Team Gabe? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> question, huh? <laughs> <sighs> Which shirt do you got? What's that? Which shirt, Which shirt is yours? <laughs> yeah. Is it too late to be Team Naomi? <laughs> Oh, no. um, if the choice is between Team Mateo and Team Gabe, I feel like I've already given given it away by telling you how much I relate to Mateo. <laughs> and I can't. I gotta root for the guy. He has no chance, but I'll root for him. <laughs> yeah, Team Mateo, it is. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Gabe. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think that's it for now. So. If 
once again, I'd like to thank you, Craig. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight or this morning or whatever time it is, wherever we are, um, <laughs> about all things Elena. So thank you. And ladies, thank you for being so amazing. And thank you to all of our listeners all over the world. You guys are fabulous. We can't wait for you to join us next time. And be sure to check us out on Twitter or Instagram for news, fun games, and resources you will not want to miss. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our channel on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And if you feel extra generous, please leave us some feedback. We love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, wings up, amigos. Bye. 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 Bye.